Hello and welcome to Pot is Dead. We're back after another short hiatus, which is not unnormal at this point in the show. <laughs> um, re- remember to reach us on Twitter at pod underscore dead. Any questions, comments, queries, maybe ideas for the show that you might have. Uh, and you can ask us anything. Really, we're that low of a common denominator. We don't care. Tell us all the things. Tell me to tell me to send me pictures of your puppies. I want to see them. Uh, today's gonna show is gonna be a little bit different. Brendan's gonna be off to the side, and it's gonna be mostly myself, Rachel. Hi there, everyone. And our guest star is coming back, and he's gonna be headlining this with us. Welcome back, Edgar. Yay! Studio applause. Yay! Yeah. No, thank you, Rachel. Happy to be here. Today's gonna be an easy episode. We're gonna talk about some pretty fantastic movies i think and we're gonna get uh we're gonna get uh, into it in a minute we're gonna talk about a little bit about what's going on uh currently in the world around us because apparently the virus no longer exists according to the government and they decided that they're just done with it and they're ready to get the economy booming again because it was so great before wasn't it yeah i mean it's 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 a fascinating time um because I think in California, we're beginning to open as well, slowly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, uh, like, today, like, now people are able to, you know, start going to the barbershops. Um, so it's, 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 it's slowly progressing, which is, you know, it helps people that are, you know, I think in the last conversation, helps people that need money, like, a, you know, the barbers and the hairstylists, but also it is posing a risk. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be a heck of a conversation. Uh, I think it's just funny how filthy rich, like, every nail technician and salon person is going to be when people start flooding the streets trying to get a haircut. Yes. I, I was about, I'm thinking, actually, you know, reaching out to my um, hairstylist. There's a lot of small mom-and-pop shops around here. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I can, you know, support the local one, my, my favorite local one, as best as I can. So... You know, you know something. Um, the interesting uh, thing about the virus is that apparently it never hit Minnesota because everyone's just been jolly hanging out, uh, doing their own thing, not caring. <laughs> That's true. Because That's really true. because when you've got the word of Trump, what's it, what's a, what's some science? It's nothing. Yeah. Just just believe yeah. just believe everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about Minnesota. Is that? Is there any truth? Hardly any cases there? No, in fact, there's even, there's more, there, there, it's probably one of the highest states. Oh, shoot, no, never mind then. <laughs> I, I got fools. I got bamboozled. <laughs> you done goofed. We, we, we done goofed. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating time we're living in. Oh, isn't it a time, though? We're, we're, we live in a time, I, I believe is what the kids say. I do have a good movie to recommend during these trifling times. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Tell me about your movie. Yeah, I think uh, the movie's called Arrival. There are days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. I think it's been out for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it when I was in, in college. That's some friends when it came out. And uh, it's, it's pretty much not your common alien movie so mm-hmm. Rachel what do you think when you hear of an alien movie you know like uh, coming down to earth etc 
things like that. I think of Alien and the Xenomorphs and the Little Mouth. Uh, from uh, there's a there's a scene in Family Guy where um, the alien has a tiny mouth, but it has the stereotypical gay character saying, "I'm the little mouth. I want to eat you too." <laughs> so you think of that? What else do you think? You think that they're nice sometimes? Um, I like to think of. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna date me. I remember watching the last Mimsy and thinking it was the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Um, it, and it's sort of about time travel and sort of about aliens. Um, and it's really god awful movie, but that's what I think of when I think of aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, in my opinion, the reason why I love it is it turns that common storyline of aliens turns it all upside down. Okay. Right. It, it, it turns it all upside down. And, and for me, I love learning something new. Do you like learning something new? Who doesn't? Yeah, so this movie's all about, like, you know, the whole premise of it is is um, there's this professor, linguistic professor, and she's hired by the U.S. government because a bunch of aliens came to Earth and nobody knows what's going on. And they asked her, hey, can you translate this for us? And she's like, how do you want me to translate? I don't know their language. Like, <laughs> like the whole thing about the movie is just how do you talk to some alien creature that doesn't know your language? And their language is so vastly different from yours. How do you communicate with a creature like that? Is is that that movie where the ladies like doing drawings and they look like, like the Warshock drawings? Which drawings? Like the Warshock, like look at this splat of ink and uh, tell me what you see. Yes, those that that very scene. Yes, I haven't I haven't seen this movie. Tell me what it's about. It, it's about a woman. What happens in the movie? Yeah. So now, now imagine. Now imagine not just one alien spaceship goes to America like an Independence Day or anything. It's two of them mm-hmm. all over the world, scattered randomly. Nobody knows why they're there. Like they just so happens to be all around. So now the whole world is trying to figure out why is this thing here. Uh-huh. And uh, they're trying to figure out whether this thing is deadly. Do they want to fight? Do they want something from us? Mm-hmm. Do we need something from them? Right? Right. So here's a question, right? Like, what if I'm in a room with someone who speaks a different language than you? Mm-hmm. Right? How would you begin to approach the conversation? Uh, I... I would first try to like you know say hi and make sure I I mean no harm and I hope you mean me no harm and just try to you know make sure no one no one gets gets got I don't want to get got. Yeah. So this is where this movie gets even more interesting. What if that person that I bring into the room was not like a human being? It was like this strange looking creature. Yeah. Like I don't know, like a squid or something, like a talking squid. Uh huh. Would you still be able to talk to it normally as you would as a human being? If if I knew it wasn't dangerous, and I'd probably still be scared, and I'd, you know, I'd I'd be look I'd I'd be making sure I knew where my exit was, but I'd do my best. Yeah. So this is where I love this movie and how what they did really well is that they managed to capture a fear a part of it, right? Because you're meeting new creatures you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of feeling just like how this linguistic professor, well, she's, she's like, you don't want to die, right? 
things you don't know they're dangerous it's their language we need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool language is messy and sometimes one can be both and, and then of course they're highly and technologically more advanced so they could easily destroy the earth because they managed to i don't know reach the earth undetected or whatever so like all the so imagine the whole u.s military being paranoid um the whole world like china russia everybody's like all paranoid mm-hmm. and um and i feel like this movie says a lot of things at once and i think for people who and here's my disclaimer this is not like predator or independence day where there's a lot of action this movie feels more like a really long ted talk mm. <laughs> So, at, awesome. at, at the end, does the, the, the yelling go, and that's my TED Talk, thank you for coming. More like that, but it's even more emotional. It's, 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 a, it's a roller coaster, I could say. So, if, if, you're really, if you're willing to learn something new, mm-hmm. and you're willing to experience what it feels like to meet something strange and unusual, and you need to talk to it to know what it wants, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the journey that, that this movie gets you on. And I think I could speak more about Uh, what's going on today and that's why I want to recommend this movie because the whole idea the whole plot is that you're trying to get the whole world to work together but does that bot sound familiar? oh yeah oh yeah but the world is the world and somebody is not gonna want to cooperate Uh, tell me what's a a specific part of the movie that you uh, like and didn't like yeah so uh, what I did like I think I mentioned earlier but their part is that it's really like it, it kind of fools you to learn something new. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or do you know? Is that they they package this information of learning linguistics and uh, and uh, physics and all that stuff in a nice packet, so like anybody can understand it, right? Right. Because because they they ask questions like how do you do this, right? Right. And then also the military is trying to ask, like, why are you trying to teach the aliens English? Wouldn't that be, like, doesn't that make, wouldn't it make more sense to do something else? And so you see the professor explaining the importance of language, right? She mentioned the first weapon drawn at war is language, mm-hmm. is communication, not, right, not the weapon, not the atom bomb, it's language. Right. That's the first weapon. And but you begin to see, you know, the, 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 the importance language is, especially when we're talking to something we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about it. What I didn't like about it, and I think that it turns off a lot of people, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that it's um because it has more of that independent movie feel, mm-hmm. and it's not that Hollywood cookie cutter thing. Like people are just gonna be all on board. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like, there's not enough action for people. Yeah. Oh, so that's the sad part. Is that. Maybe some people just turn away because oh, it's 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 nice idea, but I don't want to learn about linguistics. <laughs> so it's, it's it's packaged nicely, but you know I think the rapper is really hard to open for some people, and but it, it, it's gonna give them time for them to actually see. So I think if they added a little bit more action and where people could you know you know maybe focus on it a little bit more, because uh, at some points I did have friends over the years I showed this movie were like. I think we could have done away with more of the TED Talk. We could have seen more of the action. Uh-huh. Could have seen more of the behind the scene, you know, how the world was reacting. It focused too much on the professor. So that's 
that's that's the pros and cons of this movie. Okay. Um, real quick for the listeners, you might be hearing like the pitter patter of rain. I'm sorry about that. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Is it raining out where you are? Yeah, it's raining real hard. Um, I I was gonna say I wanted to um. Uh, when. <laughs> When Brendan first explained what this movie is about, he um, made it sound real deep and philosophical. And I was like, isn't this an alien movie? I want to see, you know, brains blow up I when I think of right. an alien movie. Um, and, right. <laughs> and I um, I can understand why some people might dismiss this movie because they got, like, bamboozled when they paid for what they thought was going to be right. an action movie. But it's actually something much deeper. Right. So I, I, I've researched a lot about director it's all this like thing on youtube stand um from this amazing channel that says this is how they wrote a writer and you google that and you find the video it's the director dennis uh, i hope i don't butcher his name uh dylan dylan no it's it's like v-i-l-l-e-n-e-u-v-e so it's like EU that messed me up at the end. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because like, but you're right, like, that he cut, like, um, thing of like, yeah, like Independence Day, how like, it has to be a war framing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to kill this infection that happens to be aliens, right? This, right. These people, these alien creatures want to dominate us, and it's, usually it's the United States that's the main character here. Um, Right. Yeah. Where the United States is the only one that's like actually, like, you know, calling the shot. Mm-hmm. Or like in Predator, where it's like U.S. commandos fighting against uh, this alien creature that's hunting for sport. Like it's usually more in a violent framing, right? Right. Right. And so in this movie, I think people were just like stunned that you can make an alien movie without the violence, and it could be adult themes. It's like, um, don't, don't fear what you would want to, because it's different. And there could be a different approach to things that you might not first think of just because it's not what's been done before. Yeah. Because I, because they show you what happens when people are full of fear during this time. Or at the time where they're trying to figure things out. And they show you, like, um, I guess people getting brainwashed by certain news outlets of like what you should do mm-hmm. why you shouldn't trust the government mm-hmm. why you shouldn't do this and that because just like what we're facing now with the coronavirus in the show glimpses of this in Arrival is that the, the, the humans make an us versus them mentality right right like there's a scene where it's like save the species right right so that means by any means that necessary right so there's people who really want to shoot these things down with nukes yeah and then eventually you'll see in the movie that there are US military people mm-hmm. getting uh, influenced by certain like comment like commentators political commentators and they're like you know what I'm in the military I know how to use bombs and stuff mm-hmm. I could I could take care of this myself yeah shoot in and the face you see, you could see the, the evolution of that and I just find that this movie parallels a lot what we're facing now, right? Mm-hmm. Because if one country doesn't work together, then the rest of them are like, then why should we work together? Mm-hmm. You know? Turn off your Zoom camera, we'll turn off our Zoom camera. Mm-hmm. Like that, 
right? Right. Because, because uh, um, yeah, her job as a professor is to answer these difficult problems, and and uh, and there's a lot of smart people out there that just want to do that, you know, for the good of things. But then there's also people in power who are paranoid and just want to stay on top, mm-hmm. so they have more of the war angle. So you'll see all these perspectives, right? The CIA person and a rival trying to like um, convince the uh, linguistic professor of like if we don't do something now we're gonna get like conquered just like in our history yeah right? and then then you have physicists in this thing that's like trying to understand the physics of things yeah so it's like hey can we ask like the aliens how they you know manage like travel uh, faster than like travel and, and then the woman says of course how do you expect these questions if you don't know what they want mm-hmm. right you don't right. so that's 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 um, that's my couple few cents on that topic sure it is... so i had a quick a quick rant Jessica, <laughs> emotional <laughs> Uh, can I can, can I say there's like similarities here? Not to the Minutes movie. It sounds like a great movie, and I should probably watch it. Um, there's a couple of similarities um, uh, in this movie and <laughs> Disney's Pocahontas. <laughs> really? You don't see it? Well, well, I mean that's your your first uh, take on it. But where do you what would you see that? Like, did you see the trailer? Did you see the uh, the poster? Like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, like on my computer. Where's the Pocahontas vibe? No. Oh, uh, oh, okay, so a person <laughs> living in this place with people, things she she's never seen before coming in, and then they're trying to establish a language, um, and then yeah. they're working together? Mm. Okay, I see that. Yeah. It, it, um, uh, uh, what's the, the name, the, the line of the song? Uh, you think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you? There, there you go. Th- th- one word, one line. Pocahontas said it. Yeah, I mean, if this had to be a musical, I think the song in this movie would be. I know you look like this weird-looking squid creature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Repeat that. Because uh, yeah, think about it, guys. Like, what if you're, 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 you guys have pets or something? Ooh. Like, what if, like, what if your dog just starts talking out of a sudden? That'd be cool. I and, make so much Like, money. it communicates and barks. And you're just, <laughs> you know, trying to have a conversation with your dog. You know, bark, bark, bark. <laughs> oh, he, he just wants to bark, bark, bark. He wants to go outside. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, your your dogs are trying to communicate with you. Listen to them. Give them bacon. Okay, right now we got to move on to our, our next movie. Is the movie I saw. I don't suppose you saw it. Believe not that. It was on Netflix. It's on Netflix, people. Go watch. It's a great movie. It's called The Florida Project. The man who lives in here gets arrested a lot. These are the rooms we're not supposed to go in. But let's go anyway. Could you give us some change, please? The doctor said we have asthma and we gotta eat ice cream yeah. right away. Here you go. Hey, Lee, got a situation here. Open up. It's only second week of the summer, and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We're trying to get it back alive. Water blooms thrown at tourists. Boobies! Boobies! I failed as a mother, Moni. Yeah, Mom, you're a disgrace. Um, 
um, we're introduced to main characters, Haley, a single mom, and her daughter, Mooney. Like, I think she's six. And they live in a motel that's right outside the Disney resorts in Florida. Like I said, that hits the Florida project. Um, and it's about um, the mom's struggle to um, go on trying to uh, pay the rent and give her daughter... Um, an experience living here um, and the daughter's point of view of being a child living in a motel, um, which doesn't seem bad from a child perspective because there are other children living there and their typical day-to-day is like shenanigans, um, messing with the hotel, like going swimming in the pool or walking around uh, the, the swamps of Florida and going to the abandoned buildings and having adventures and um, it's a struggle, but it doesn't ever seem like they're struggling because it's, um, it shows, like, how great all it, uh, just little breaks here and there are, and, and that's from the daughter's perspective, and from the mother's perspective, it's about, um, making it seem like things aren't as bad, even though they might seem bad, because at some point, this is later on in the movie, she starts, um, prostituting herself, uh, to make the rent. It's... Not a lot. It's 250 a week. Um, but as a person without a job, um, with no way of getting help, it can be quite a lot. And especially somewhere with where the rent is high as in Florida, of all places. Right. Um, also, Willem Dafoe is in this movie, and he plays the, the manager of the, uh, of the motel. It's like this big pink palace painted to be like Sleeping Beauty's um, castle, um, and he is this character that plays a part of being the one that's in control of, like, controlling the chaos that's going on, um, inside the world of the motel, making sure there's, you know, someone doing maintenance and keeping things in control and, you know, doing his part to just be the manager while these girls are the symbol of chaos that are, not doing anything wrong, but it could be chaos just in its perspective if you don't have something stable in your life as far as, you know, um, income, a place to live, or even um, a place to where you're going to get your next meal. Mm. Okay, see. So, wow, this is a heck of a movie, dramatic. So, so is the, like, if I get this right, so there's children in this movie, and it, does it focus on, like, their innocence? Like, they don't know what's really going on, or they do, but it's, like, this is, like, still, like, their best childhood so far. But then it gets real in the end. Sort of. Like, like, okay. Um, there's this scene, um, this is important, I think. There's a couple scenes in this movie, but I want to highlight, um, this scene. There's this girl that lives across the way in a different motel, in a different themed motel, and she and our main girl, um, always go to this van where they hand out free food, and they, uh, get a, a loaf of bread and a jar of jam, and they go into the backwoods of the swamp and eat bread with jam, and it seems like they're having a really great time, and I've never wanted bread and jam so badly in my life after seeing that. <laughs> um, and it, it seems bad that their only meal is 
the bread and the jam, but it doesn't look like they care, and it looks great. Meanwhile, um, paralleled, the mom is um, going around asking people for money and trying to convince Willem Dafoe to give them a break on the rent. Like the, it feels like there's a like hidden scenes, like the, the real stuff going on to like make sure people are getting fed. Like there's like, huh. It just it doesn't seem like a sa- it's not a sad movie and it's not framed like that at all. It's uh-huh. it's it's really funny. It's really emotional, and you feel for these characters. But at the same time, all I want to do is find out. Um, what these kids are doing in this abandoned motel as they're like dancing and spitting off off the highway and <laughs> and shouting at helicopters as they fly away. Wow, this is a heck of a movie. It sounds heavy. Sounds like like if I watch it later tonight, I'll be I don't know. I'm sobbing. Sobbing. This is like it's like it's like as if someone had a camera. It feels like and they just recorded what's really going on in like, the neighborhood. That's. I grew up in places like that. Um, I think we like both if I had a camera in the neighborhood I grew up in, it feels like that. So it kind of touches home, right? Because I kind of feel like this is gonna be an emotional movie for me. Like it, like it might sound happy and stuff, like uh, uplifting, mm-hmm. but I feel it's like wow. I'll I'll totally check this one out when I have time. I think I know. Like I'm feeling. How you're explaining it, I'm like, oh man, these characters are really powerful. Especially the Willem Dafoe character, like dealing with like these types of problems that he's like a hotel clerk. Or, is it a motel? A motel clerk doesn't expect to deal with. Yeah, um, at there near the end of the movie, I'm gonna try to explain this the best I can without any spoilers. At the end of the yeah. movie, um, social services shows up to take um, Mooney away, the little girl, and Willem Dafoe is doing his best to keep. Haley, the mom, calm and keep Mooney calm and do his best to like calm down the social workers because they're all at each other's throats and he's like not the father figure but he's uh, keeping these girls safe and like you know there's little loopholes here and there that he exploits to make sure the girls have a place to stay for the night and he doesn't give them a break on the rent or anything but he does make sure they're okay have a nice day love you baby I love you too. What's uh, what's some parts that you loved about this movie? I think you mentioned a couple that you really felt were important, but which parts did you really like? Um, I I like that um, it's really cinematic, even though the plot's super simple. Um, it's about um, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna do an overall thing. I'm just gonna say um. There's a part in the movie where um, the mom... Uh, oh, goodness. I feel so bad for this girl. Um, the mom starts prostituting herself to um, make ends meet. And what she does is she brings Johns back to the motel room and she puts Mooney in the bathtub and she takes, like, an hour-long bath while she does the do with the guys. And it, she's making pretty good money. There's a scene in the movie where after the... Um, after she collects a bit of money um, after sleeping with the guys that they go to dollar store and they go balls to the wall crazy spending money on little stuff like bracelets and 
uh, fairy wings, and they're just really having fun. And it makes me so glad that they're being irresponsible and spending money on toys and stuff instead of food or rent. Right. <laughs> um, there is a part in the... <laughs> This is just a personal thing of mine. Um, there's a part in the movie where they're these four little kids, like they're all friends. Um, they're hanging out on a balcony, and they're um, <laughs> and they're just making fun of this old woman that also lives at mo- the motel. She's like sunbathing, and she's got her to quote the kids, her big banana boobs <laughs> out on display to get down. Um, it's funny, but it just makes me uncomfortable because they're, like, old lady boobs. <laughs> that, that sounds like this uh, movie's not safe for work, right? I, if I have a movie night with my co-workers... No. <laughs> well, if your co-workers are cool... If your, if your co-workers are cool... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if there's, like, a point where people are saying, oh, look at your banana titties, like, that's a whole... <laughs> For happy hour. Maybe for happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm sorry, Brendan. The, the, the audio's getting crunchy around here. You can feel free to edit this part out. Um, I chose this movie because I think it's important to recognize that um, uh, the care for people who are poor is not just those who are brown. It's people who are everywhere and they come from anywhere and it's not it's great that we're um, doing what we're doing but sometimes it just takes a little more and it doesn't it doesn't help someone to say you got to do this and this and then not give them a hand or show them how um, you need to be able to um, get them started because sometimes they need that extra push um, yeah. um if you're taking a child away from their mom, um, it's gonna, uh, it's not always for the best, even though you think it's for the best. Mm, I see. What? It's, uh, it's kind of like making things work, right? Like fixing things instead of like making things worse, kind of like, is that what you're saying? It's... Yeah, it's try to fix them before they get worse, um, even though they're already bad. Right. I think I see your point because I think that scene where the like, when like, child protective services comes in, mm-hmm. like feels like what you're saying inside that although the conditions are not the best, mm-hmm. if if the kids stick it out with their mom, stick with its journey of being together, mm-hmm. like that. And then, and instead of taking away the kids, why not just like, okay, what do you need for us to make you guys live better? Yes, yes. Thank you. That's my words that I wanted to say that came out of your mouth much better. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I think, I, I think like what you're saying is true. I think is is that part where some people think they're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and so they don't question the actions they. Like I grew up in a neighborhood sounds kind of like that, right? I think you could agree. Mm-hmm. Things we see or saw. Um, by the way, we kind of grew up like uh, close to the same neighborhoods, right? 
you're a couple miles away from me. A little bit. Yeah. But yeah. But it's still the same same issues in Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. I like kids taking away from their families because of issues, and they want to foster care. Yep. Yeah. I have friends who are working with kids who are in foster care, or like wards of the state kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they wonder, right? Yeah. Um, some of these kids. I don't know. I don't know enough to make a opinion, but I see your point. Fixing things instead of ripping things more, like ripping the connections. Right. Um, does it? Does this sound like a movie you'd want to watch? No, of course, of course. I think uh, I'll save it when I'm like oof, prepared to handle the hit. <laughs> this type of material. It sounds like really serious stuff. Uh, right. It's pretty great, in in my opinion, I think. It's, uh, I don't know, it just, ever had a bad day and it just takes one more thing to drive you over the end? Sometimes. Yeah, this, that's this movie in a nutshell. Um, I just want to mention it real quick. Um, Brendan's not, Brendan's not right here right now, but his movie... Uh, was uh, uh, Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story and it was the uh, the the spoof movie of um, oh, what was it? The Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, it, it's just a really funny take on biopic movies. <laughs> um, Dewey Cox story. Uh, that sounds familiar. I remember seeing a trailer that in my, in my, in my head. It's like hidden somewhere. Take Take my hand We're gonna walk to the park It's the devil's music I promise to love you I ain't got no room in my house for no devil spawn How? The wrong kid died It's one of those movies where it has a lot of celebrities and every other um, line in the movie is a joke (laughs) Like in the first 15 minutes we see a kid getting sliced in half with a machete what? It's a biopic? Yeah! It's not safe for kids. <laughs> it's not safe for kids. It's really funny. There's a lot of That's drugs. It's a nice thing to do to someone. Slicing it's... them in half. Like, they're slicing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Nice. It's really... How do you explain that to the guy after you slice them? Like, oh, sorry, man. Like, I just wanted to see what the other half of looks like. That's really funny. <laughs> I think the... Oh, that's, that's, that's me. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, um, I'll that out. That sounds like a heck of a comedy, though. I mean... It's a spoof boring. biopic. Um, um... <laughs> the, I, <laughs> the, the dad, um, the kid that gets sliced in half is this, um... What's it called? Prodigy piano player. Um, and his dad's super proud of him, and he loves him, and he makes it abundantly clear he's the favorite child. Um, and they were in their barn having a machete fight, like you do with your brother when you're eight and nine years old. He gets sliced in half, and he, while he's sliced in half, he's on the floor saying, I don't feel so good. Like, maybe we should call Pa. Maybe we need to get some help. And I'm not gonna survive, but you gotta be great for the both of us. I'm gonna die now. Okay, bye. And the rest of the, the rest of the movie, the dad um, refuses to acknowledge how 
great of a success um, the brother did turn out to be Dewey Cox. He's this fantastic Western m m singer, artist, and he's doing great things. But the the dad just keeps saying, <laughs> the dad, "I'm sorry." The dad just keeps saying, "The wrong kid died. Should have should have been you. The wrong kid died." <laughs> who, uh, Buddy Holly's in this? The Beatles. Um, what's his name? I I think Jimi Hendrix. Uh, who? That time period of the, the 60s or something. Yeah. Um, it's when they were super into LSD. Dewey Cox. Let's see. Dewey Cox. Um, what is it? Um, there's a lot of celebrity cameos, especially people you see on SNL. Mm. Oh, I, I see why this guy's so familiar. Yeah, he, um, the main car the main person, what's his name? He does the voice for, uh, Ralph on Wreck-It Ralph. Ah, <laughs> uh, this guy. What's this guy? It's, um... Oh, damn, I keep forgetting his name. Oh, my goodness. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. yes. Oh, my goodness. And he... The, the soundtrack for this movie is pretty dang great. It's... There's... Um... There's a song called Let's Do It, and it's just full of sexual innu innuendos that you just can't help laugh at. <laughs> yo, yo, if, 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 if you had the time right, listen to all the sexual innuendos of the 60s, oof. Oh Again, my goodness. They go, they go pretty deep. <laughs> it, <laughs> no goes, it, it goes pretty deep! <laughs> it goes pretty it's a, deep! It's a rabbit hole, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but anyways, I love how they ripped off the album. Yeah. From, uh, Jim Morrison's The Lizard King, like the, the, the doors. Yeah. Like the, the movie covers. Yeah. <laughs> Quick facts about Jim Morrison. That guy was. I saw one of his biopics. Like, this guy was taking LSD in the desert. Uh huh. Right? Jim Morrison, and, and he's from UCLA, like during that vibe, and so everybody was taking LSD. Mm hmm. So this guy was just like. Like, I think one of the sh shows that Jim Morrison had, I think maybe from the vibe that John C. Riley is doing, uh -huh. is that this guy, Jim Morrison, would be wasted on stage. Uh -huh. Like, out of his mind. Yeah. And performing. <laughs> and then he would just be saying, like, awful things, and the people that are there are like, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> like, did this guy really fuck his mother or something? Like, what, is this, like, what is this guy saying? And, yeah, so it's, I think... Um, what song was it? Riders of the Storm? No. What chord? Riders of the Storm, yeah. Mormon like this. It's that song. Riders of the Storm. Oh, That's okay. where he starts, like, that's where, uh, Jim Morrison starts tripping out, like, on stage. <laughs> We're just freaking out, like, what is this guy saying? <laughs> I think he died at the age of 27, and he joined the 27th club. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, I, I heard of the 27 Club, um, but I didn't know that. Um, D Dewey Cox, um, spoiler, non-spoiler, uh, Dewey Cox died 15 minutes after his last performance because he took every drug ever. Oh, Death isn't I funny, just, but it is in this case. You know the only one that hasn't died from doing all the drugs? Tell me. I think it's... Uh... 
Who's the dude from the Rolling Stones? They make fun of a lot. Um, Rolling Stones. I killed my joke. Sorry. No, it's okay. Rolling Stones. Um, there's uh, Kid Keith Rock? Richards. Keith Richards is the guy that's like, is already to like, I think it was Robin Williams that said that this guy would do freaking, um, what is it? Do anthrax. generation is telling us these kids today they're they're no good up to no good and, and when when out when it was my day we did stuff that was productive while i snort this cocaine you know what maybe maybe they're just more angry that we're not keeping the party up you know we're not <gasps> partying with them maybe they're just sour conspiracy theory yeah <laughs> people from the 60s grew up in the 60s are just pretty bummed out that we're not inviting them to the raves like there was piles of orgies on lsd where where's that at the, yeah. that's how we made the baby boom yeah <laughs> okay okay um that was um our movie recommendations the arrival florida project and walk hard the dewey cox story um remember to tweet us um at pod underscore dead again that's at pod underscore dead at twitter um tell us if you've seen the movies tell us what you think of them we want to know we want to hear reach out we'll probably reply to every single one because there's not too many people that listen to this i think but i hope so i hope you're out there like the last words i was going to say was uh let me know if i undersold arrival and then for those people who watch it and will come down let me know what you didn't like, or that pause that, you know, what you didn't like. But, um, what am I doing now? Well, um, I'm living in San Francisco. Um, I'm enjoying the weather, so it's not raining, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a glorious nap earlier today, and, and I'm pretty nice and rested. You could hear my voice a little deeper. Mm. I, you know, I, I was like, I was like in a deep sleep. I was, anyways. Um, where people could reach me, well, um, they could reach you here at Pod is Dead. Yeah, directly. I, I don't think I have some good contact information to to get that. Uh, I don't have a Twitter. Uh, I do have a Twitter, but I don't use it. Maybe I should catch up with the with the children are doing these days. <laughs> uh, 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 I haven't made an Instagram, so maybe I'm really late in the game on that. I have a Facebook. Uh, no, no, keep your keep your Facebook personal. Yeah, and that's something scary. Might as well just make a burner Facebook where I'm talking to the people, and then, and then what else? But yeah, I mean, if you guys want to talk to me, uh, reach yeah, just like Rachel said, contact Pod is dead or or the Twitter thing. Yeah, do <laughs> however that works. Re- reach uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, if you have a question for Edgar, um, uh, tweet us at Pod is dead and do um, hashtag Eddie. E D D Y, so we can find it. Yeah. All right. And. Birch or something like the tweet. 
kidding. He's single, everyone. He's single. Get at that. Get get at that. Well, I don't know about dating in the coronavirus era, but yes, you sure, did. why not? Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> there you go. He's not saying no. He's not saying no. Okay. Um, my name was my name's Rachel. I'm Edgar Hernandez. <laughs> and this has been Pot is Dead. Stay safe out there, people. Bye!